Well, this morning, uh, I'm going to have you do one other thing. Before you, you have a little card that says Get Connected. How many see that? And for you at home, you have it on your uh, device. If you're on our webpage, please go to that device. I'll tell you what I want you to do. I filled it out. I'm filling it out too. I'm depositing it. So I'm asking everyone in our church, including myself, to update your information. Pastor, don't they know who you are? I think they do, and this is all updated, but I'm going to ask, if I'm asking you to do it, I'm doing it. This will take you 20 seconds. Grab your card right now, fill it out, and while you're doing that, I'll introduce our special guest here this morning. And we'll, we'll just leave these with the attendants on your way out. Would you mind doing that? They're right behind you there. Yeah, that's great. Some of you are in the front row, you don't see where they are. Just grab one. Quickly fill that out. We would appreciate that. I'll tell you what this is going to do. It's going to really help our bookkeeper when she mails out all of your tax receipts. And it just helps us update our database. How many know it's amazing how fast things change? That's what I've noticed. And we have to keep updating. So thank you for doing that for us. Well, it's my privilege today to introduce our guests. A couple of months ago, Patty and I were praying and thinking about who she wanted to have as the lady's special speaker for the month of December. And once we had determined and prayed, we felt like, you know, Beverly Fawcett would be a great person to ask. And I also know she's pastoring a large church in Fort McMurray. That's the church I'm a credentialed through. So we decided to have her come and speak both today and tomorrow. And so we're so excited to have her here. You know, and I was thinking of the, of the New Testament. Listen to what it says in the book of Acts. In fulfillment of what Joel prophesied, in the last days, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And I'm so glad that Beverly's going to come and share the word of the Lord to us here this morning. So Beverly, thank you for coming. Thank you, Pastor Paul, for inviting me. Pat and Patty, I'm sure you had a part to play in that. I love Patty. Uh, we meet at the conventions and, and just get to share our hearts and stuff. And it's, uh, oh, i got to take this off so you can. It's so hard to know when you have that on or when you have it off anymore. You ever notice that? I'm coming out of the store sometimes. My husband say, you wore it all the way to the truck and there's nobody around you. Why don't you take it off? We're so used to it. Well, I'm so grateful to be here. Like I say, I'm so um, blessed to uh, have my husband with me who accompanies me uh, in ministry, and he does a lot in his own right. He was uh, at Sin Crew to boss for years, and I stayed at home and served him. And uh, there was never evening where good newfie wives that he didn't come home with his supper on the table. And I, when my mom was staying with me, <laughs> she would say, Beverly, you don't have the kettle on. That's what they used to do years ago. They'd put the kettle on. When I went into ministry and when I got, when Pastor Glenn Forsberg said, Beverly, I've been praying and I feel God wants you to take the church. I had my own ministry. And um, I thought, wow, I don't know about that, Pastor Glenn. But it was my husband who at times in the calling would wake up at 12 o'clock and feel the Lord was telling him to tell me to walk through the doors. And just so you know a little bit how God moves you from step to step, I became, I was the first woman deacon with Pastor Glenn. And actually, the way we worked it is Derek went on the board with me. They wanted him as well. So we went on as a team so he would cover me with the men. Because at that time, that's what we felt we had to do. And that was my heart. So we did that. And through that, then we became like a team more in ministry. But at the same time, he was still working Syncrude. 
went from that to being um, the first on the board with him. And then I went to, like I say, the first to take the church up there, a female pastor, which Pastor Glenn really felt. Him and Lois had prayed and said, God said, you need to take the church. I took it. I only thought I'd have it for a few months. I even had a pastor that would have been a terrific pastor for the church, and they backed out. And this is six and a half years, and I'm still there. God is good. But then the ministerial up there asked me if I would take charge of the ministerial, and I'm like, oh, well, a lot of you pastors don't believe in female pastors, and I don't know that it's called, you know, you only go into this if you're called. Don't ever do ministry if you're not called, if you're men or women. But I became the, the first of the ministerial up there. And just to let you know how God, if the calling is on your life, God's favor is with you. I ended up, I'd have 20 to 25 pastors that would come out with me every month. And every church was involved with me. The Catholic priest and I became best friends, even though our theology differed. He was a young man. Actually, he's gone on. He, he will be a bishop soon, I believe. But I tell you this because I want you to know that at this time, I do believe God is calling females up as well. That doesn't mean we leave our homes and our kids. Be very diligent with that. Be very careful. But I say to you that God is calling women up. And so one day I remember saying to him as he was leaving, because they're like, he's younger than me. And I said, Father Andrew, I love you. And he said, oh, oh, Pastor Bev, I can't say that. As a priest, I can't tell a woman I love her. And I said, oh, no, 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 I didn't realize that. Newbies tell everybody they love them. <laughs> like, that's who we are. And so he said, he almost fell off the step laughing, but he was a very serious kind of guy. He said, no, he said, but you know how I feel. And he walked out. The next month at our ministerial meeting, and there was pastors sitting there from the Baptist church, the POC and all of those. And uh, he was on my board. He ended up, and he looked at me, he said, Pastor Bever, are you going to pray for us all? Because I would pray individually for them before they left my office. I prayed for him. When I opened my eyes, with tears in his, he said, Pastor Bev, I love you. And I said, Pastor, or Father Andrew, why now? He said, I prayed, and I asked God. And God said, you go tell her that you love her. You know, when he left our city, they had a big... Um, dinner for him and they asked me to come and pray for him so I went to the Catholic church and ran from my church to there I run to many churches Derek will tell you I partner with most churches in Fort McMurray I ran there and when I got there I just went up and prayed and afterwards his parents came and said you know what your name is mentioned more than in our home than the Pope's <laughs> he thinks there's nobody like you Beverly and so from there, the prayer that I prayed, and you know, we just pray from our hearts. And the diocese phoned and they said, Pastor Bev, can we have your prayer? I'm like, what prayer? What are you talking about? Well, the prayer you prayed at the Catholic Church, I said, well, we don't write down our prayers. They said, well, all the priests want it, and, and Father Andrew wants it, and on and on. It affected them so much. How many know that the Holy Spirit in us could do great things? Amen? And so don't ever limit yourself. In the Lord, God has great, great plans for every individual, every man, woman, and child, because he's so great, not because we are, amen? So I believe that God wants to do a great work here today, and I better get on with my message, but I always share my experiences, because I believe they're teaching me something about the God that I serve, and he's a wonderful, wonderful God. I love the Lord. I love Jesus Christ. 
And I love getting to know him. I'm like, every day, Lord, please don't let a day go by where I don't see some aspect of you and I grow in you to know you better. Amen? So I came with a message for you today to encourage you. I think one of the things in my ministry, I'm a truth bearer. I'm grace and truth, hopefully, just like Jesus, but I'm also an encourager. You don't always get truth and encouragement in the same giftings, but that's me. I love, I'm a mama to many. I've got kids all across Canada. I said to Derek the other day, if I ever have a funeral, I want all of those people from real estate agents to whatever that I've mentored, I want them to all sing at my funeral. I don't know how they're going to work that. It might be by Zoom or whatever, but we want something like that. Only because I believe the next generation are going to be greater than even we were if we teach them the right way. I believe that God has a great work he's calling them to. We don't know when he will appear again, but I believe he's got a great work for young adults and we older people. You know, I make mistakes every week of my life. And I know the diligence of carrying a church and making sure that theology is correct and all that. But I say to my young team, if somebody didn't give me an opportunity, I would never be with a mic. And for people that have taken chances on me, I thank them from the bottom of my heart because I am growing and learning, and so are you. So today, let's encourage you, inspire you. Are you ready for the word? Yeah, good response. You know the reason why? Because this is not our word. The word is active and alive, and as we speak it, I believe, just as you're quoting it, I encourage our team all the time, pray scripture. Just take the Bible and pray the Bible, because it will not return void. It's working as we're speaking it, amen? And so as we speak it, even this morning in this room, you don't know the power of it to be transforming you, maybe your children as you're praying, whatever it is, but the word is active and alive. And the one thing with the world changing and the untruths in the world today, there's no such thing. The dictionary even put in on truth. There's no truth basically anymore. And that's so sad to me. And everybody is presenting a narrative uh, to get the desired outcome that they want. You see that in media more and more. So my prayer this last, I'd say six months is Lord, let every untruth be revealed. Every untruth, every lie to be exposed now in media, in government, in churches, we need pure hearts. We need God to work. We need a fast work. We don't know when he's coming back, but we believe God is at work. And so the Lord says, today I believe with all my heart that he's with you. It's, isn't that the message we're preaching over Christmas? Emmanuel, God with us, right? We say it, do we actually believe it? Our words, we got to say what we mean and mean what we say. I say in parenting kids all the time, say what you mean and mean what you say, and you'll get your kids to where they need to go. So t today we're looking at Luke 1, 26 to uh, 38, and I'm just going to, can I read it from there? Probably better from there. My phone, I took my phone with me. I didn't bring my iPad because I thought I'll read off the screen. How many know when you get a little bit older? Do you mind my back to you audience I'm online? Just excuse me for a few minutes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledge to be married to the man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will 
and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now we're going to look at Matthew 1, 18 to 24. I want you to see the same things that the angel said to Joseph. So he's speaking to both of them, and I want you to be able to understand the points I'm bringing next. Matthew 1, 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quickly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to the son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. These scriptures we read all the time. You know what God is showing me? Sometimes we try to get in there and dig around, but I'm trying to go in more and more and see intently what God was saying to the people. Why is it there for you and I? And also to see supernaturally what's happening, because so often we see with physical, we hear with our physical ears, but Jesus was always saying, for those who really wanted to listen, he who has an ear, let him hear. You see it even in Revelation to the churches, right? Hear what the Spirit is saying. And so often today in the noise of the world, in the chaos of the world, we are not hearing what the Spirit is saying. And the church, is tend, we tend to sit back down. We tend to be discouraged. We should be on the forefront. We're the head and not the tail. And so often we don't do that. But God wants you to know some things through this scripture today. And one of the first things that I felt God showed me is when God calls us, he prepares us. Do you know that? When God, especially even for me, like as a woman in ministry, it's been much more difficult than a man. There's not this, and I say that truthfully. I've had other people, even male pastors around me and say, Bev, you don't get the respect sometimes that other people do. But you know, that doesn't matter. What matters is that God has called you. And God will always show your heart. Do you know that? God will always get your back. He will always be there when you are tried and tested. And he will let your heart be seen. Just as he did in the life of Jesus on the cross and afterwards. We get to see the real Jesus all throughout the scripture and throughout the New Testament. It's talking about Jesus. But the people still did not believe. 
For one day, every knee will bow, and his son will be greatly honored, and we will know who he truly is then. And I said this morning in the first service, I want you to know that Jesus wants you to know him down, the, down here. Sometimes we're thinking, well, when we get to heaven, we'll see the fullness of everything. We'll know the fullness of God, and that's true. We're going to see through spiritual eyes, and we're going to be like him. But let me tell you this. He wanted his kingdom to come today in the earth as much as he does. He wants everything to be brought down from heaven to here so that you and I would be able to show the true Jesus. And sometimes we're not doing that. We're, we're just living life. And God has so much more, folks, for us. He always sends a messenger. Do you know that? Joseph, three times the angel came to Joseph. And Mary, you see, he came to her as a young girl. And I guess he knows who he's picking, right? Because she said, let it be unto me according to your will, God. He knew that she would say yes to him. He knew this young girl. He had created her in his heart. And so today we're so thankful that God knows us on the inside. I'm so, my mom, she's 94 on her birthday. And she raised nine kids on her own. And one Sunday morning, my mom always felt called to ministry herself. Of course, in that day, she could not do it. And she had nine kids to raise. But I want you to, to know one Sunday morning back last year, I think it was, she phoned, she said, Beverly, guess what? She said, four of my children are preaching across Canada this morning. Is that not the faithfulness of God? to a little woman on her knees that prayed. My mom didn't claim to be anything. But the one thing I could say about her, she was quiet. We were never allowed to complain about God, no matter how tough it got. He was always good, even when he took our dad. And also, she would always say, even to this day, you phone her and she says, Beverly, isn't the Lord good? What a testimony. She's been through some rough things. My mom would always say about my dad, like, Mary, well, whatever God decides is best. Is that the way you think about God today? Whatever he decides is best. So God knows what he's doing. My fear for the church is that we are not receiving much from the Holy Spirit. We have become a church. Years ago, it was a lot of religion. Today, it's, we don't want to overdo it. But somewhere in the middle, the balance lies. Because I want you to know that God is still speaking loud and clear to a people. He always has his body of believers that are listening. And I want you to know he's still doing work today. I would imagine if we looked all over the world today, if we could know the testimonies, the healings, the things that's being preached today, we would be on our feet now clapping, giving God praise. God is a good God. He knows what he's doing. And my fear is that we're not hearing from the Lord. We need to hear. Time is short. And we need to know what the Spirit is saying. So there's three points here that God wants you to know. And I just went through the first one. When he calls us, he will prepare us. The angel, like I said, walked through this journey with them for the first couple of years. He was there with Joseph at the specific times he needed him. The angels watch over you and I. That's the truth. And so I don't know how that all works, and I am sure none of us do. We're going to get to heaven. I think some of the things we thought were right, we're going to be way off. Aren't you glad that God can still amaze you even in heaven? But listen, 
They're still with us. The Bible tells us that, and that's the truth of it. And I'm so glad he's still guide, God is still guiding the church by the Holy Spirit, and God is still doing a great work, even here at Living Stones. I thank God for your pastors and men of God, women of God that have sacrificed and kept on going. You know, this has been a very difficult time for ministers. If you ask today, pastors, so many have quit. So many have had to close their doors. So every opportunity you have, you go bless this couple. You root for them on your knees. You uphold them and you bless them with your kindness. The next point, you're not to be afraid in this hour. Mary was greatly troubled, the scripture says, we read, at his words. And she pondered these things. She wondered about what kind of greeting is this? What might this be? Like, how in the world can I be pregnant? She was only 12 or 13, folks. I, can, I don't know about you girls in here, but I remember being 12 or 13. I think that would have frightened me. But the word of the Lord came to her. Do not be afraid. And if the angel had not showed up to Joseph and said, do not be afraid, I doubt he would have taken her to be his wife. But God shows up right on time. We sing these songs. We, we declare them. But sometimes deep down inside of us, when the trial comes, the test comes, we don't know where to look or we don't know if we believe that or not. And what God wants is to add on to our faith. He gives us a measure, but he wants to add on so that we will have great expectation because he's a great God. The greatest scripture that God has given to me for my life. And I, oh, so often when I'm weak at the knees, this is the one. It's in Ephesians, the first chapter, right? 118. Oh, that you would know the hope of your calling. Paul saying, oh, that you would know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you to do anything that God needs you to do for what he's called you to. We are not limited if God, I was a nurse, folks. I put many a tags on toes. I sat with pa patients and watched the blood as it stopped flowing through the body and the color go out of that body. And it's lifeless. I'm telling you, to see a body that was bruised and whipped and on and on and on, beyond recognition like Jesus, and for God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, really, the three are one. You've got to remember this, like going in and talking to himself to some degree and saying, get up, rise up. And out Jesus comes into the light of the day. Comes out into the light of the day. Graves open up. All this stuff is happening. Listen to me. Well, they opened up before that, but this, this miraculous stuff happening all over Jerusalem. And then he comes out and walks around. And you and I think he can't provide for us. I'm not saying anything to put us down. I'm just saying he sees where we're located and he wants to take us up to resurrection power, to that thought that I can do this through you. Give me a chance to show you who I am. Derek and I have been praying for miracles. We've seen much at our church. I've seen more in the last four years than all the other years of my ministry. Great things. 
And I'm getting a little bit sidetracked, but I want you to know the power of God. And even my young team, and they're performance-driven, and I love that. You know, we want it perfected. But sometimes they get so performance-driven, they forget that they have a God that's wanting to work through them. So a couple of days ago, one of the people that were supposed we did a huge music concert, we give away thousands for charity. So far, I think it's been about 13,000 we've given away, but we'll give more. And most churches come together with us. So they know the pressure of all these pastors and the new Salvation Army major was coming and all this stuff. And he was related to me and they were a little bit nervous about how it was all going to come together. It was powerful, by the way, but they get in their head, of course. And I said, he said, well, one of the guys just can't come. And I'm so, I had them all like prepped for the night. He knew everything I was supposed to do. And I said, well, well, you can't do nothing about that though. And Except, you know, you're going to have to keep on going because we've got only a day, 24 hours, we're going to pull this off. But he was really discouraged and he was grumbling. And I'm always trying to teach him what the scripture says. When you grumble, you're not grumbling against people, you're grumbling against God because God says, you don't believe that I can do it. It's really all about faith. And so I said, let's stop and pray. And he kept on going, well, you know, I don't know. I said, no, 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 we're going to stop and we're going to pray. Because God can do something. So I prayed very specifically. And I said, Lord, Sean has to change his mind now. I'm sorry, but we need him back. And they look at me sometimes like, well, she praying. Is that like heresy? I said, Lord, you know our need. Sean was all prepped for this. Something has to change, and he needs to come back. In your name we pray. Well, an hour later... He sends me a text, Pastor Bab, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. Sean is coming back. That happened about three times during that 24-hour period that I had to go and pray with them. So they had the courage to go through. Derek and I, our church, I just say this very briefly, our insurance, we've had the flood, the fire. Now we're going, Derek says, through the plague. Just a bit of humor. Pandemic. So we've been through much in Fort McMurray. If we were ever tested, I'm telling you, Fort McMurray has been tested. The oil price is going down. We get criticized for the oil. One third of our population left at one point trying to rebuild, all those kinds of things. Not easy, folks. And now the pressure's on the companies that everybody got to be mandated to, to, you know, have this vaccine and on. The pressure is over the top. And I'm telling you that. But in the midst of that, the insurance companies won't touch us because of the flood and all the downtown area, everybody's insurance was getting canceled, including the churches. First, they were going to raise it to 125000 on us. And then they said, and you won't get flood and you will not get back up sewer. So we didn't know what to do. We had liability. We had nothing more. And so I said, Derek, the only thing we can do is pray. Then they canceled on us altogether. And we were left with no insurance for 24 hours. My husband said to me, well, you're the pastor. What are you going to do about it? And I said, I'm going home to go to bed. Because you see, this is not my work, and I can't take on stuff that I can't solve when there's no insurance companies open during the night. So you pray over your church, you leave it, and you walk away. He was like, do you want me to stay at the church all night, and I'll watch over the church? And I'm like, no, let's go home. In the morning, folks, right away, we get on the phone, him and I and one of our other pastors. By that afternoon... Our original insurance was 45000 By that afternoon, guess what my insurance was? 
for two churches, two rental properties and a house, or in an office space, sorry. 25,000. Now, you don't consider that a miracle. I don't know what is because it was 20,000 lower than what we were paying before the flood and before the fire. And not only that, the guy looked at Derek and I and we found out he was a Christian, so we ended up praying with him. He said, and by the way, Pastor Bev, you got sewer and backup, backup sewer and you've got flood insurance. How you got it, I will never know. But he said he accepted it all. I want you to give God a hand this morning because that's the kind of miracles my God does, right? So we can be greatly troubled. We might not understand. We might not need God's voice to come along and say to us, do not be afraid. We need all that as human beings. But let me tell you this morning, God is still alive and he's not done yet. You know that Luke 2, the angel comes to the shepherds. Basically, the glory of the Lord shines on them. And around them, they were terrified. But what was the words again? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Is that what you're telling your relatives this Christmas? Are you saying, let's get up and sing a song. Let's rejoice. Let's praise God. Because I got good news for you. My God is not done yet. Amen? God is good. And why? Why are we not to be afraid? Because... What is being conceived is of the Holy Spirit. This is not a work of man. You can take it all on. You can take the stress of ministry on. You can take out everything yourself, and all you do is end up in the grave early. Anxiety causes more illness than anything else we do with the body. I know that as a nurse. So I say to you today, why? Because it's a work of the Holy Spirit. We see Joseph and Mary being guided. And what were they being guided to, folks? What is it we need to get today as we leave this place? They were guided to the truth of who Jesus was. Every time that child did something, it was a quick reminder of what the angel told them. This baby was going to bring good news. There was many moments of despair, I'm sure, especially when she was at the foot of the cross. But God also wanted them to be obedient to the call. God comes with his word for us. He comes with his presence so that you and I will have the enduring power to make it. We don't have to get weak at the knees. There's times that we do, but when we do is when we quote scripture, is when we stand on the solid rock and say, God, in you I trust. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't even know it right now, but I choose to believe the truth of the word. And I will be obedient to your call. He also gives us the word so that you and I will be able to flee the enemy. He let Joseph know exactly when he should get up and run with that baby. Sometimes I think when we look back on life, we see later on often that God was in it all along. You ever heard that in a testimony? Couldn't see it at the time, but afterwards, God, I could see God's hand all over the place. That's the testimony of my mom, these older people. God's still guiding us today. I better move along here. Number four, no word from God will ever fail. You might be saying, like Joseph and Mary, how can this be, Lord? I've got cancer. I prayed with some people this morning with those kinds of diagnoses. I've got cancer, Lord. 
The diagnosis is not good. How can this be, Lord, that you can bring life out of this? How can you heal me? How can you save my marriage? Ah, but I want you to know that he's the God of the impossible. Amen? What's more impossible to believe? As a young girl, 12, 13, that she could be impregnated by the Holy Spirit? Or that God's still working today? Some of us have it easy compared to some of the people that went through some things in life. Right? God wants us to believe. And I want you to know that it's in supernatural thinking. It's not in the physical. You see, the enemy will always, what is the battle is in the mind. So we, as a man thinks, Proverbs says, in his heart, so he is. Right? So I want you to know, Joyce Myers preached that message, and that's the most powerful message you can ever preach because I can tell you who you are when I ask you the questions. Which preachers do you like? Who do you follow in politics? Which news stations you watch? And who you hang around with? I can tell you what kind of person you are. But that's based on that. God wants it based on the word of God. That resurrection power thinking that goes against everything in us to say, I can't do that. Oh yeah, through Christ, you can do all things, right? So we, we got to keep speaking the word and not what we feel and not what we think we know. We've got to keep speaking the word and it will produce. My God can do the impossible. Do you know that? Derek and I, now when I'm on my own stage, this is a little bit slippery stage, Pastor Paul. So on these boots, I'm afraid I might fly off the stage. But at my place, I usually put on boots where I can motor. Um, Derek and I, we have a good friend, Minard. I always tell stories because I think it's real life. And uh, he's been battling cancer for about two years. And with the cancer, he has uh, ups and downs. He's done really well. But his faith has been unreal. He's usually praying for us and not us praying for him. Very humble, sincere, hardworking man. And so we got the call from his daughter, who's a doctor, and she said, could Pastor Bev please call because he's in an hospice, and we don't know, only days maybe, we're not sure. So Derek and I, she said, he's not lucid, so he might not get to hear it, but just put on the phone and we'll let him listen to it or whatever. So Derek and I phone. And I saying, you know, Brother Minor, we're so sorry to hear that you're not feeling well and you're in the hospice. We're still praying for you. And then Derek says, and I'll, we'll see you on the other side. And I went, oh, I don't know if that's where we're supposed to pray. Like he's probably, knowing Minard, he would not, that's not the words he'd be saying, even though they told us he might not have long. So I jabbed Derek in the ribs and we start to laugh on the phone. Like, like, what have you got said? And he's like, what, what, what am I saying? And I'm like, I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Like, you know, whatever. Well, we're just on Friday, Derek gets a text from his daughter and she says, Minard is wanting to talk to Pastor Bev. So we thought, okay, well, he must be lucid now. We'll give him a shout going down the highway. So we told her that. So we phoned yesterday morning. On the phone, he says, hello, how are you doing, Pastor Bev? And I'm like, because <laughs> we're thinking he's going in the grave. If Minard, you're watching, <laughs> you're laughing with us. And I said, you sound so strong. He said, 
Oh, I'm not done yet, Beverly, Pastor Bev. He said, actually, I fell in the, yesterday in the bathroom, and I couldn't get my arms up over my head, and I couldn't do A, B, and C. He said, but I knocked something. I, he said, I don't know if it was in the spine or what, but I can move freely now. And the doctors are laughing because they're like, what did you do? You see, my God is a God of impossible. I don't know about your God, but that's the kind of work my God's doing. It wouldn't surprise me if me and one of us are gone before mine aren't. Because God is that great in my world. And I keep seeing this stuff. And so I want you to know that the message you and I have to deliver, you're here for such a time as this. You could have been born in any other time of history, but you're here during the pandemic. And what's the message that you're sharing? Is it the message of hope? Is it the Christmas message? The reason for the season, is that what you're sharing? I pray it is because your God is too great not to. He's not done yet in any of our lives. And I have great expectancy for things in yours. We're to follow. I got to get. Oh, it's good. Uh, we're to follow the signs. You know, the wise men, the lowly shepherds, shepherds, sorry, were given signs. And they followed those signs till they found Jesus. There was a desire in them to know this Jesus. And not just because of the star in the east. I think lots of people in the world see lots of signs that would point to Jesus, but never believe. But there was something special about these guys. And God knew it and he came to them. And I want you to know, I preached uh, last Sunday, maybe the Sunday before. And I talked about beholding Jesus. The word means to look and see. But it's not just to see, for, like I would look at Derek. It's to look into the heart of the person, to see each other more intently, to know, and especially to know our God. To behold the baby in the manger right to the grave and beyond, folks. And God is still showing himself today. And there are many that are wanting to come to see this Jesus that we know. Do you know they're on a journey towards him just like the wise men? I believe that God is doing work all over the world that we'll never know about till we get in heaven. And they're coming, and are you ready for them to come to you? Are you ready for them to meet you? Because you actually are Jesus to the people. What are they going to see when they get there? Somebody of despair, lack of hope. Sometimes we've got to be honest with that we are. We're not always on the mountaintop. But we've got to be honest about that. But still, our words have to line up with the book, right? Got to line up with the Bible. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Can you imagine this God that takes away our sins, makes us white as driven snow? Have you beheld that Jesus? You did at the cross, right, when you asked for forgiveness. Have you looked into his heart lately? See what he's saying to you. They're coming, folks. And I pray the church is ready. Because days are going to get worse and not better. We're going to have more things that will come our way. We get out of the pan pandemic, we'll be something else. There always is. And I pray you prepare yourself. God is giving signs. And then I want to say to you, you never know when God can use you. My son-in-law i got to look at my time. I don't have much time left here. Just a few minutes. My son-in-law, he actually 
He's, he works for CNRL. And since the pandemic, for some reason at work, he's been getting out his Bible and going through revelations with all of these men. And people have been joining the group, and one of them was an atheist. And so the other day, he wrote Josh. And this is what he said. He said, Josh, thank you for introducing me to Jesus. I just accepted him into my heart. It's because you read the scripture. That's a bold thing for a young man to do, to take out his Bible on the work site, lay it on the table and start teaching Revelation. But I want you to know that God has a generation of people that we do not know, because I would never have dreamt Josh would even do that. But he is leading in a good way, amen? So today, let me just say this. He does not want you to miss the opportunities, folks. Please don't miss Jesus. You know, Jesus is the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to us. I say all the time, Lord, if I'm doing ministry, but I miss the real connection with you, please take me out of ministry. Please. I want to get there. And I want to be the one that runs. That's my master, that's my Lord, that's my Savior, that's the love of my heart and my soul. I want to run. I want to run, and I want him to see me as that beautiful bride with the lamp. When he's coming for me, I'm ready. I'm prepared, and I don't want anything to take that away from me or you. That's the reason why I'm here to encourage you today. Don't miss Jesus in your life any day. When he shows up, he makes it better. Any day when he comes, he sings over you. He tells you and assures you he's a good father, a good lover. He loves you. He is in love with you or he would not have come. The last thing, you are highly favored. Don't let the devil tell you anything different. Elizabeth said to Mary, Matthew 145, blessed is she who has believed the word that would be fulfilled and would fulfill the promises to her. Mary's answer, and I pray this is my answer every time God calls my name. I am the Lord's servant. May your word, your word that never fails, be fulfilled in me. Not in George, not in the pastor, the other pastor. We want pastors to be something we're not. But God is calling all of us, no preference. We're all pastors, folks. You have a congregation somewhere, whether it's at CNRL or it's here in a young adults group or whatever it is. God wants to use you. And if you're not there, you're not educated enough, don't worry about it. He'll educate you real quick. Just tell Pastor Paul you want to get involved. Let him put you to task. Let him teach you. Let him raise you up, especially you young people. Be raised up in the might of God. Good news is we want to sing today with the angels. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men. On whom is favor rest? Favor is not just on Mary. It's on you and I too. And he will accomplish everything he needs to do through you and I. My heart for you, because I've had many encounters with God. I want you to stand with me, and I'm just going to pray over you quickly. 
She go out of this service. I don't consider myself at times when I look, I think, God, why me? Like so many people do. Why me to be a first elder with the FCA and all that? Why me, Lord? And yet all those first, you know what the answer is? Just obedience. Just obedience. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I'll do what you want me to do. It's obedience. Today, I believe that all of us feel like sometimes we're not seen. We're not good enough. We're not prepared enough. We won't do it right when we do do it. That's a lie. You have resurrection power in you if you've received his name. Now I want you to put your hand on your heart. I just want to pray a prayer that your minds will be renewed today to the, to the Bible, to the Word of God. Amen. Father God, this is a work of the Spirit. So right now, Holy Spirit, in this room, right now, Lord, open up their hearts to receive their minds, to receive the Word of God, so that today they will change from glory to glory. I pray, God, that you will minister to them right in this service. May they feel your touch right now, Jesus, healing them, encouraging them, letting them know how much you care and how, you, how much worth you see in them and how much you've gifted them and who they are in you, Lord. And I pray, God, I think of the army that's being raised today to fight the good fight, especially with our young adults and young people. And I pray, God, you will link them arm in arm and you will let them scale the walls and you'll let them see, Father God, exactly what you can do. You're not done yet, Lord. Let them know you're not done in their hearts, in their lives, in their ministries, with their families. Even if they're having troubles, you're not done. Let them bow their knees. Let them crawl to you like T.D. Jake said if they need to. But find refuge. Find the answer in you because you are everything. But most of all today, may they just go back into this relationship. And would you cause, like we do when we first meet somebody, that infatuation to start all over again? <laughs> Where they can't wait to talk to you, they can't wait to be with you, have a coffee with you, Lord, whatever it takes. And I pray, Lord, you will add on to their life every day the many, many things that you want them to see about your son, Jesus Christ. Fulfill them, Lord, and let them be a fulfilling in the purposes of God, this day, in Jesus' name we pray. For you watching online today, know that God loves you, and that prayer was specifically for you as well. I pray that you'll be encouraged today, and I pray you'll make your way to Living Stones and be a part of this great congregation, especially if you're maybe new watching online or whatever. But be blessed today. Know that God loves you. Know that if I never see you again, if I get up there one day, if God came quickly, we're all around the throne. Know that God loves you and I love you too. I come with that message. Be encouraged today. Have a blessed remainder of your day and week. Live for Christ, folks. It's all good. Amen.